Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Just honor all the mothers again and honor my mother, uh, Marie Rampel. And I uh, just want to, you know, just merci un peu pour tout le bagage fait pour moi. And bon fête des mères. And appreciate tout. So that's for my mom, but just saying thank you to my mom. And she, my mom is such a uh, hallelujah. She was a strong, faithful woman, and she is. And, and I wish she was here today, but she's, uh, uh, you know, working. Uh, but it, I, I, I know I put her, it was hard. You know, she's just raised me and my sister uh, for a good amount of time by herself. So she did whatever she needed to do to get that done. And uh, I sure didn't make it easy on her. So uh, I, I'm very thankful for that. I, I, I remember uh, right when I, uh, I got saved, you know, you guys may have heard my testimony or not, but uh, when I got saved, I remember coming home and saying, uh, Mom, you know, I think I got uh, saved or something. And uh, she was just like, okay. And she didn't, she didn't respond or anything like that. And uh, a few weeks later, she watched me and, See how my life began to change, how I, I, I spoke different. And then, and then she just was like, hallelujah, praise God. I, I prayed. And I was like, what were you? Like, she, out of nowhere one day, I was just like, okay. And uh, she's like, I prayed. I prayed God that he would, he would save you. You would get saved. I'm like, well, yeah. And, and also that he would use you, that you would be, you know, you'd be a minister. I was like, hey, calm down. Like, you know, relax. I'm saved. Just be happy about that. And, uh, but, uh, you know, we, her prayers work, you know. And I think every single person in this room could agree that we're here today because of the faithful prayers of uh, of, of loved ones, either parents, uh, loved ones, or a lot of us mothers uh, that prayed for us faithfully. And uh, somebody else may have gotten us to say, you know, introduce us to church or anything, but the prayer of our mothers in the background really, uh, really helped that, water that seed until it came to fruition. Amen. So uh, this morning, I have the privilege to... Uh, kind of, you know, continue, and I, I want to, you know, in the Bible, it talks about women, and it talks about the, you know, the importance of women in the Bible, and uh, what their role is, and, you know, there's so many different women that we have an example of in the Bible. Uh, we have the story of Ruth, we have the story of Esther, we have the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, you remember these women? <laughs> so that's pretty important to carry the the Savior. Uh, we have the story of uh, uh, Mary Magdalene, and, and so when we look at the, when we think about these stories, there's so many different uh, uh, things. Like we we hear, you know, Mary, she how how blessed or how favored you have to be of God to carry God, Hallelujah. <laughs> so that that's amazing that God entrusted a woman to for all of salvation of the world into to, that she wouldn't drop the baby, that she would do good, she would give him milk, and. <laughs> And uh, and he and he, he he made it, and so and so did we, Hallelujah. Or her Ruth with that declaration that she said that where you go, I will go. Your your people will be my people, and your God will be my people. And then that God would use this woman that was not even in the line, irrelevant to the things of God. That He now grafted her supernaturally into the lineage where the Messiah came. So there 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 is definitely a long legacy of God using women in the Bible. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump in today, and we're gonna look at a a, a story about a woman. But uh, you know, it's not gonna be any of those. We're not gonna be talking about any of those women. So you may have read the story. I even forgot that you read the story, uh, but it's in the Bible. We're gonna we're gonna read. It's gonna be in Acts nine, verse thirty six, and we we read about a woman named Tabitha. All right, and Tabitha is. Well, we're going to read the first scripture, first verse on it, and we're going to kind of give a little backstory on Tabitha. And it says, Now in Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. She continually did this, and she abounded in good works. And uh, the Bible expounds on what those are. She, she gave alms and she gave charity. So uh, Tabitha, she was, she was uh, known for doing this. This is something that she did. Um, before we go into what we um, are going to be looking at, it's, it's important to really, I'll, say, I'll take a step back. 
Anytime God does something, what makes it more significant uh, about what the action of God is the story behind what God did and the culmination of what happened in the story. So we're going to take some time to read about Tabitha and uh, understand about Tabitha's backstory. So Tabitha, you know, when this was written, a lot of uh, historians believe that Acts was written about maybe 30 to, to 90 years after Jesus died and was resurrected. And so Tabitha is this uh, uh, a woman there. And the, the Bible doesn't refer her to, in connection with a man, a husband, or father. So uh, we know that, uh, that she, the things that she did were of her own. So the charity that she did was of her own. It was of her own resources. And what she did was all her own. And uh, so Tabitha most likely was a widow. Uh, so a young widow. Uh, and she was someone that used her, her, her resources for the poor. And she was so, the Bible just says disciple, which is kind of like, like simple, but it's so deep that word. So the disciple, we know that the Bible talks about in Matthew what the disciples are like, what they do. Uh, she was a, a faithful person that she, uh, the disciples uh, cast out devils. Uh, uh, they, they do a lot. They, they believe God. The most distinct thing about disciples is that they obey all the teachings of God. How many of us can say, I obey all the commandments of God? But that's what a disciple is. It's one that is, that, uh, that, that is trained in the word of God and lives it out. And so the Bible simply says, disciple. Uh, Tabitha was a disciple, but you can see from the scriptures that she was a very uh, held up member of that society and that community. And Tabitha, uh, we'll read, continue reading. I'll give you some more context about Tabitha as we go. So we're going to branch that out. We're going to read the whole scripture. This is Acts 9, 36. We're going to read it up to 39. 39. We're just going to wait there faithfully. I know it's going to come up there. Uh, if not, we have uh, backup. Can you do Acts 36 dash through 39? Uh, and if uh, so, as that's coming up, we're going to read about Tabitha and read the story that we're going to begin to take a deep dive in. But Tabitha, the Bible says that she was the disciple. She was faithful. And uh, as it's coming up, she fell sick suddenly. There was a sickness that came to her suddenly and she fell dead. Tabitha died. And. Uh, and we could we could take the time to belabor that Tabitha had to go through a lot of adversity as being a widow in that time. A lot of times they were known to be abused uh, because they they were seen without a man or uh, without a covering. And a lot of times that's why the, the Bible has special provision and special directions for how we're supposed to take care of widows. And so there was a lot of adversity that Tabitha had to go through. Uh, so this is coming up somewhere. Uh, so I'm going to pull it up here. So the Bible says that Tabitha died, and and she, they laid her up in a room. All right, Josh, you think we're gonna get that or at, at thirty six through uh, thirty nine? That's what I need. All right, let me just scroll down here. All right. So verse 36 through 39 says that now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And it happened at the time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they laid it up in an upper room. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, do not delay in the coming to us. So Peter arose and went with them. When he arrived, they brought him into the upper room, and all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas or Tabitha used to make while she was with them. So this is a very a scene. Get the picture. The scene is very, uh, very somber. They, this woman that has spent her life, given her life after the, the passing of her husband, she's given her life to the service of God, and, and so much so, that she's become a focal point in the community as someone that uh, that gives like a like a Mike and Sue, that everyone knows them. Well, Mike, we know you're a man, but like Mike and Sue, in terms of what they do, everyone knows Mike and Sue. They they give their life to the service of the poor, and and, and we're always doing the so give a hand clap to Mike and Sue guys. 
So we always want to see where we have those among us because we read these things in the Bible, but they're, they're, these, this is still happening. Amen. And so just like a Mike and Sue, that they, they said she was a disciple. She was faithful. She was cementing the community. And all these people that she served all these years, they are memorializing all the stuff. They're like, look, she did this. She did this. This is what she made. This is what she did. And you, you have to get the picture before we can see what the significance of what God do, uh, did. Now, the, this is a technical thing. There is an intertextuality in this scripture. What, what the heck is that? That means there is a text within the text happening in this text right here. And so this story is very similar, and it mirrors another happening that happened in the Old Testament in 2 Kings with another woman. And uh, this woman is in 2 Kings 4, 21. It's a Shudamite woman. And just to give you the backdrop, we're not going to take time to go over. I'm just going to kind of uh, catch you up, and if you want to read it, you know, reading your Bible, man, is so good. So I encourage you to do it. You know, read these these notes and read the word. It's it's so enriched. But Second uh, Kings four twenty one speaks about a woman. I'm going to tell you about her. Okay, is that all right? Okay, all right. So there's a woman. It's a Shunammite woman. The Bible says that the Shunammite woman noticed that there was a man of God, Elijah, came, and she noticed him, and she told her husband, "Hey, I perceive this is a man of God." Let's do this. Uh, let's make him a space in our house. Let's make a let's let's build up an upper room for this man of God. And so that when he comes by and he's doing the work of God, he can come and rest here and uh, he can come in our house. And she understood. She honored the man of God. She 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 reverenced and she made room for God. And and the man of God started to sleep at that place that she made for him. The Shunammite woman. Now, after time came by. The man of God said, hey, uh, he told the servant, call the Shunammite woman and tell her to come here. And he goes, hey, you know, I see you've done all these good things to me. I come over here. You always cooking good and making me food. And you made this place in your house for me. Uh, what can I do for you? See, there, there's a, something here, a truth here. When you, when, you make your, when you make room for God in your life, when you make space, when you honor God, he will come and ask you that same thing. And, and, and the man of God said, hey, what shall be done for you? And uh, his servant says, I don't know. Uh, he says, uh, uh, do you want me to talk to the king for you? Do you want me to talk to the general? Because he's a prophet, uh, the head prophet of that, that country. He says, what do you want me to do? She goes, I'm a simple woman. I dwell among my people in security. I don't need that. He goes, okay. He goes, you know what? Uh, the, his servant goes, you know, she, her husband's old and she don't have any children. He goes, call her back in. He says, I know. In, in this time next year, you will have a son. You will have a son. And she, she honored the man of God, but she says this. Her response was, oh, man of God, don't lie to me. And you might say, oh, wow, what? you just tell the man of God to lie. You just... But this thing that he spoke was so near, so near and dear to her that she said, don't dare to, to make me hope in this thing that you're telling me. Because there was so much pain in that place that she never wanted to visit it. So she may have let time. She tried to pacify herself and she hoped. And, and, and then her hope was let down. She hoped again. Her hope was let down. And now she's old. She's given that up. And now man of God, God says to her, hey, that thing that you left, hey, this time next year it's going to happen. And she goes, don't play with me. Please don't play with me. And the man of God said, all right, you watch. Next year this time she has a son. And that son begins to grow, and the promise, the thing that she hoped for, begins to grow right in front of her, he laughs and does all these things. And then one day the Bible says that her son, he, he, claimed, he, he exclaimed in the field when he was working with his dad, my head, my head. And the dad said, okay, took the servant, carried the boy to the mom, put her on the lap, on her lap, and he stayed there for the afternoon and died in front of her. And so what she did was, huh, what she did was she, she took the son and she laid him on the man of God's bed in the upper room. See the intertextuality? Very similar. So we have two pictures, two stories. We have, we have Tabitha laid up in the upper room on a bed 
And we have this, this, this Shunammite woman who has hoped so many times that now her, her son is laid up on a bed in the upper room. So both of them, this picture is both of them having their hope laid on a deathbed. What is it that you have hoped for? What is the thing that you have put your trust in? What promise? What call? What, what is that thing that now you have to watch it lay on a deathbed? Because what we're going to be talking about today is what, how do you respond when your hope, that promise, is laying in front of you die? What would you do when the thing that you hope for just lays in front of you and dies? What is your response when the thing that brought you uh, was a source of hope in the thing of Tabitha and then gets sick and suddenly dies and lays in front of you? What is your response? So, uh, you know, we're not just reading. The Bible does these things because life is funny how it will lay deathbeds in your life. There will be circumstances. It's very that we can't get away with it, that there will be literal and physical deathbeds in front of you. What do you do when life lays a deathbed in front of you? So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And we're going to see it here. But that's, that's a question that we're going to begin to unpack and answer this morning. Amen? Hallelujah. So what do you do? Uh, I'm going to help to answer it, but, you know, it, it's good to, as this happening, I, I know that there's circumstances and situations in each and every one of us, me included, that we are, that we are physically seeing the deathbed. And you may feel like, man, in this, the deathbed represents the grave represents death of something, total hopelessness. And we, we have areas in our lives where we see that. But God is asking us, what will be your response in that time? So we're reading. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so I don't know how you got, how this deathbed, what this deathbed looks like in your life. If it has to do with the promise for the child, if it has to do with the promise of uh, of a calling fulfilled, if it has to do with uh, something that you believe that you receive from God, but now it's laying in front of you dead. What do you do? What do you respond? How do you respond? How do I respond? And the thing is that yeah, God is so merciful because we all know that we don't always respond perfectly, do we? Can I get an amen in the house of God? This is pretty quiet in this, uh, this church this morning. But uh, we, 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 we know that those deathbeds, they're there. They're there. Uh, and, you know, so, sometimes we even sing songs. If, you know, uh, uh, if, if, if I'm not dead, it's not, God's not done. Well, what will happen when it dies? Is it done? And so, you know, we, we, we declare these things. And we, you know, again, Tabitha was lived 30 to 60 years after Jesus. So, there's people still around her that have seen the resurrection of Jesus. The Bible says that there was more than 500 people that saw the risen Savior. But it's, it's some time has passed. Will he do it for me? Will he do it again? Will that happen here? These are the questions that, that we ask ourselves. Will he do it for me? So this is definitely something that they were, they were asking. And uh, it's, easy to, it's easy for us to... Uh, to ask that and say, you know what, uh, this, that, or the other, I don't qualify, you know, this or whatever, he's not going to do it. But I, I want to let you know that even in that place that you feel that, that God has left you, that he doesn't see you, the psalmist says in Psalm 139, where shall I go from your presence, O God? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to hell, if I go to the grave, you are there. I want to encourage you this morning that wherever your situation, how hopeless it looks, God knows it, and He is there with you. Ha! Ah, he's there, and He's moving. He's just hovering, just like in the Bible says in Genesis, in that hopeless void situation when it looks dark and bleak. God is in the midst, and He's waiting for something. But the God part is there. Uh, it's funny that it's funny that how God puts these deathbeds in our lives, but uh, <laughs> He puts these deathbeds in our in our lives, but I'll save that for later, but uh, it, it's, <laughs> I, I want to encourage you that, that God is a, a, a God of resurrection. 
God is a God of resurrection. And, and in these deathbeds, I'll just tell it to you right now. It's funny that God positions these deathbeds in places of an opportunity. The deathbed is placed in, I'll just read it. Death plan, if we if we pay attention very closely, we'll, we will recognize that God likes to put deathbeds and, and cause them to be places of encounter, places where uh, uh, where we would encounter God's presence. It, it's funny that both of these scriptures, it says it that God that they were placed in the upper room. Everyone say upper room. It, 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 maybe we recall this is a Pentecostal church. We, we're on our way. We just Easter. We're on our way to. Pentecost, and you remember what happened in the other upper room? That the presence of God came, and that they were filled in the upper room. When, when you see that deathbed in your life, God is encouraging you, He's inviting you to make that place of encounter. That if we would begin to worship God, and we would begin to open up room, that He would come in with His power to do that situation. But um, death is nasty. Death is, uh, it, you know, you, you see enough people die and uh, it, 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 you, 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 get, you get affected by it. But the, the death has a sound. Death has a, a, a scent. When, when, when death hits the body, the body begins to, you know, to become rigor mortis, begins to hit the body, becomes stiff. That which was vibrant begins to be gray. The, 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 all, all the beautiful things of life begin to slowly seep out. And you may be feeling like that is what's happening to you this morning, but I want to encourage you this, this morning that, that we serve a God that raises dead things. Can I get an amen? We serve a God that raises dead things. Can I get an amen? We, we serve a God that raises dead things. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I want, I want to, um, praise God. So I don't know. I don't know. I do not know how you have gotten to this deathbed. If uh, you were, you feel yourself in the story of Tabitha where you served, you've, you've spent, you've poured yourself out like Tabitha and something stricken you suddenly and it's caused you to, to lose strength and lose strength and die, or maybe you felt that you were on the prime of your life, you're on the mountaintop, you were doing the thing that God was calling you, you were called to the stadiums, you've seen the crowds, you were, you were called to do this outreach, you called to do this ministry, and you've seen it, you saw the glimpse, and then slowly but surely it began to die. Or maybe you, you're, you're, you've been believing for a family member to get saved, and they're just getting more and more the other way, I want to I, I want to encourage you this morning that uh, that it's not too far gone, that it's not out of reach for God. The Bible says that his his hand is so very long to reach out in that place and lift you up. Let's 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 read the verse 37 uh, of that uh, Acts, Acts 37, uh, 937. I'll read it here. It says that. Uh, and it happened at that time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they laid it up in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, do not delay in coming to us. So Peter arose and went with them. And when he arrived, they brought him into the upper room. And all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing the tunics and garments that Dorca used to make while she was with them. As I'm, as I'm talking to you, there's going to be a part of you that hears it, but again, like that Shunammite woman, does not want to dare to hope again. And, uh, and as painful as that is, God is asking you to hope again. Because uh, <laughs> that next one could be the one. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know that... Uh, <laughs> The only way out is to hope in him. The only way out is to hope in him. I, when we read this scripture, there's a part of you that would just rather just make a funeral and let it die. To let that thing die. And they, when we read that, they, they, they showed Peter the tunics and all this stuff. And they were trying to have a memorial for, for Dorca. They're like, look, she did this. and Look at her works. This is Dorca. She did this. And you want to just do that? Yeah. 
I, I, I wish this thing and, and look, 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 and it, and it didn't happen. And I want to let you know when God, when, when God wants to do a resurrection, because we serve a God of the resurrection, when God wants to do a resurrection in your life and when he wants to raise something up, you got to be sure who you let in the room. You got to be very careful who you let in the room. You can't let everybody in the room. So it's very significant that they invited Peter to come. When God is about to do a resurrection in your life, uh, it's good to invite someone that has seen him do it before. Can I get an amen? It's good to invite someone that has seen him do it before. And whatever that situation is, invite someone that has been there. Invite someone that has seen that situation and seen God's faithfulness. They invite Peter. The Bible says that more than 500 people saw Jesus raised from dead. Peter was one of them. And they, they heard that Peter was there. He was two days away. So they sent, some of them sent forth for Peter. Took them two days to go get Peter and two days to come back. Uh, Dork uh, is now, uh, a bad situation has gotten worse. And now she's dead for, what, four or five days? She probably smells. And they, they sent for Peter. So you're like, well, it doesn't, it's just getting worse, Duke. It's just getting worse upon worse. It just feels like the devil is just uh, putting the sand on the grave. But I, I want to let you know that when God is moving all, all, all in your situation, it's good to know who you're inviting. But I, I, I want to ask you a question. Uh, is, is, uh, are you, does anyone feel me? Does anyone feel me? Is this, is this hitting home with anybody? Raise your hand if this is hitting home. Okay. So if this is, this is, if this is hitting home to you, I want to, I want to actually let you know something. You may feel this way and death is part of it, but I want to let you know that, uh, (laughs) Let me just finish this part here. The Bible says uh, that, uh, we, you guys remember this guy named Jesus in the Bible? Okay. So the Bible says that Jesus didn't get sick. He didn't fall sick. He didn't, uh, he didn't uh, say his head hurt one day. They actually cons- they, 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 they premeditated and maliciously planned to kill and to crucify Jesus. And, and uh, they, because of jealousy, because they, for self-seeking, they planned, they plot, and they killed. They murdered our Savior. They murdered him. They watched him on the cross with his last breath, and they mocked him and said, okay, you are God, right? Why don't you tell your God to you know, come and save you at this point? You may feel like the situations and even people are doing that same thing to you. Ha! <laughs> but, I, but, but, the, but, but my Bible tells me that if the devil knew, yakababa. If the devil knew, he would never have crucified the Lord of glory. He would have never crucified the Lord of glory. And I, you have to put it in you that, that you, either you're going to make this place here a grave or it's going to be a garden. You get to choose if this is a grave or if it's a garden. Because the Bible says if the devils knew, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. The Pharisees thought that they were re- they were ridding themselves of one man that was messing up their religion. But what actually happened, they multiplied that one man into many Christ giants. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. So in your situation, you have an opportunity if that is going to be a grave or if that's going to be a garden, but you get to choose. Because the Bible says, if that seed does not die, everyone say die, it will, it will, it will remain alone. But if it dies, it will grow and multiply into new life. I, I, I just had to get to the butt of it for you so you guys can know. We have an opportunity in that place to either die or to let something grow. And we get to choose. We get to choose which one of those things that we do. So who wants to live? Who wants to live? Come on, talk to me, y'all. Talk to me. Y'all too quiet. You want to live? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, come on. Because if you want to live, that, that, because l- l- people that are alive, they make noise. You know what's where it's quiet and neat? In, in cemeteries. So if you don't want to die in that situation, I need to hear from you. I need you to respond because we, we need to call out. It needs, it causes you to move out 
to call out for God to come. And that's what that upper room is. It's you're calling out to him and he begins to come down in your situation. But that's the way that it works. You may think that in, in, in your situation that maybe uh, you're not qualified for God to do this thing for you. Maybe you're not a Dorcas. Maybe you're not a Mike and Sue. Maybe you're not. That, that the Lord may, knew already that the devil would probably speak to you that way. And that's why he healed uh, the Shunammite woman way before the New Testament. So you can know a person not even in the covenant. That if he would raise up her son, he would raise you up. You know the end of that story. The Bible says that Peter called out Tabitha. He said, Tabitha, get up. And Tabitha opened up her eyes and she stood up when she saw Peter. <laughs> God is calling us. He's saying to you, get up. Get up. Stand up. But, but we have to hear it and we have to, we have to respond to that. We have to respond to it. We can use, we can allow the situation every, every more, the, every other circumstances that seems to, to be contrary to what we believe be the dirt that, that, that cements our grave, or it can be the fuel and the fertilizer to cause us to grow and multiply. Let's read that. Let's read 38 and 39. So you can see it's not just Duke saying some stuff to, I'll read it to you. He says it right here. But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed and turned to the body. He said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened up her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and raised her up. And calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. It became known all over Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And many believed. The devil thinks and in that situation that he's going to stop you from doing that thing. But that will be the very thing if you allow God to plant you instead of the devil to kill you. To multiply what he's doing in your life. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know what if that's a dream, if that's a calling, if that's a promise. But if you allow God, he will plant you. He will fertilize that thing and cause you to grow and multiply you. But you get to decide. You get to decide. No one gets to decide for you. So let's go back to that woman. We didn't forget about her. That Shunammite woman, when, when her son died, she, she laid up. She laid him on the, on the bed and she began to uh, saddle up the, 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 the donkey or another word for it. And she began to run with that. And she rode that thing. And they said, what's wrong? He said, all will be well. Sometimes you got to just say, all will be well. What's going on? All is well. 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 All will be well. And she came to the man of God, and she would not let go of him, and she didn't say a word. And he goes, I don't know what's wrong. The, the Lord has hidden it from me. Prophets don't know everything. And he goes, but... Uh, but there, I, I perceive that she, she's in distress. And when they were going, he got it. Oh, her son is dead. And so the man of God closed the room and he began to lay, uh, lay upon the, the child. And, and the child got up. <laughs> the child got up. I don't know what your baby is. I don't know what that is. But if you will say, if you will say in the season, it will be well. It doesn't look good, but it will be well. And you would stand to your declaration of faith. It will be well. It is well with me and my soul. God will make it so for you. But you got to speak up. You can't just, it's not going to just happen by osmosis. You have to say, it will be well. Her declaration was, it will be well. And guess what? It was well with her son. So we have to declare this. We have to open up our mouth and respond to God. Because again, he places these things peculiar in upper rooms. These places, these meeting places with him. If you will call out, if you will declare, you will hold on to that faith. He will cause that place to be a place where you meet his power, his spirit, his resurrection. But it, we get to decide that. No one gets to decide that. And I, will, I promise you, and I tell you from the word of God, the Bible says that God looks throughout all the earth looking to whom he can show himself big through. And the only way that he does it is through faith. Does he find faith with you? Does he find faith with me? Because if he finds faith, he will show himself strong in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Say something to me. Say something to me. Praise God. So the, uh, I want to, we're going to, we're, hmm. <laughs> so uh, 
we're 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 gonna go to the uh, we're gonna we're gonna start closing here. So we're gonna go to uh, Luke ten. I'm um, excuse me, John ten, uh, John ten twenty two to thirty three, and we're we're gonna look at that. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope the silence is that the God is speaking to your heart. I hope the silence that that in the silence that God is doing that because in the silence of death, in the quietness of that, if you allow God, he will work. If you believe God, he will work in that. He can work in the silence. God is good in the silence. He works in the silence. He crafted the whole world in silence. Hallelujah. So in John 10, verse 10, uh, verse 22, excuse me. I read that. This is so. I'll give you the backdrop. This is Jesus. He's with the Pharisees, and they're they're uh, again surrounding Jesus, and uh, they they. This is what they say to him. They say, uh, "At this time of the feast, so the dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the portico of Solomon. Uh, of Solomon. The Jews then gathered around him and were saying to him, "How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ." Tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life to them and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do we have any sheep in the house? Do we have any sheep in the house? Because the, we, read in, we read in Psalm 23 that the Bible says that in the midst, when you are walking in the... In, uh, <laughs> In the valley of the shadow of death, if you allow God, he will lead you even through that time. Even when you hear death knocking on the door, when you are succumb with the shadow, the loominess of death, if you allow God, even there, he will lead you out. Even there, he will lead you out. But you, you have to let him lead you. You have to let him lead you. And he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they will follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And then here's this, 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 you know, there's this, this statement right here, verse 30 is good. And he says, I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. So in the Bible, there's a few places where there's significant statements. It's like, oh, and sometimes we don't get it. And that's why they responded. As soon as he said this, they knew what he meant and they wanted to stone him. So this statement is just like that statement in Genesis when, uh, and uh, if we can have the worship team, this, this statement is like uh, the, the, that statement in Genesis where, where Moses says, but, but wh what do you want me to tell them? Tell them, I am sent you. And he's just like, what? I am? Just tell them, I am sent you. I am whatever that is that you need, but I am God. And this one, he, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. <laughs> So this is one of those I am statements. And, and the Father is saying that right now. If you will allow him to be God in this situation, he will show himself strong. But there's other places where he has said this. And, uh, but uh, when, when we hear the shepherd's voice, we must respond. That's what makes us different from every other. Is that when we hear the voice of the shepherd, we respond. When you hear the voice of the shepherd, do you respond? He's not just looking for you to let the sound hit your eardrums. He's letting, he wants you to hear it, heed it, listen to it, and cause it to invoke a response out of you. Because when he, <laughs> whew, hallelujah, there's so many scriptures. But uh, when the Bible says, he, he calls out to the grave, he says, come. Then they heard and they got up. But you, you have to hear and you have to respond to it. And I, I, I'm waiting for that melodious music in the back so we can. Uh, but it, it's, it's, 
That's what God is he's saying. But this is not the only place. Uh, this is not the only place where, where, where Jesus has. This is not the only place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, Jesus. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Father, you know that the, the, the deathbeds that are in this room, these places that look, uh, that, 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 that uh, are filled of grief and pain, you know them represented in the room. I know mine. And Father, we just lift them up to you in this place, in this, in this upper room. And we trust that you would do what you do in upper rooms. You have a knack for this. You come with your spirit. You come with your power. You see, that wasn't the only place that, uh, that God said one of those, Jesus said one of these powerful I am statements. Jesus also said, I am the good shepherd. And if you allow God this morning, he will lead you out of that place. Even how dark it is, he will lead you out of the shadow, that valley of the shadow of death. If you will respond to his voice. He said, I am the light of the world even how dark and gloomy that place is if you allow him he will shed, shed light in the situation and he will show you a way out he said I am the way the life I am the resurrection and the life if you will respond to his voice he will raise those dead things in your life and he will bring them up again but you must respond when you hear the voice of God. Do you hear the voice of God this morning? He's speaking right at it. He put his finger on it. Hurts. Let it hurt and give it to him. For the Bible says that if that seed doesn't die, it remains alone. And Father, we, we, we lift up that area right now. We yes. Make this grave a garden. The enemy thought when he did that to you that he was putting the final touches to your casket. But if you allow God, he will turn that situation around and he will cause that to be a garden of his glory and life more than you've ever seen before. The Bible says again, I have to get it. If the devil knew, he would have never touched Jesus. And you've got to get to a place where you said, if the devil knew, he would have never touched me. He would have never touched me. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, under the sound of my voice, that you would begin to speak to those dead places. I prophesy to every dead place in this house. Not me, but you. I allow you to speak through my lips. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak to dead callings. I speak to dead purpose. I speak to the hopelessness in your life. I speak to the hurt. I speak to the pain. And I say, arise in the name of Jesus. I say, come alive in the name of Jesus. Doesn't matter how dry those bones are. God is able to, to bring them all back. To bring the tissue, the moisture, to put the bones back together. You may feel like you're in pieces. He'll put all the pieces back together again. He'll put all the pieces back together again. And He will raise you up. He will lift you up. He will lift you up. But He has His hand. Just as Tabitha had to take the hand of Peter and let him lift her up. Will you stretch your hands to God today and let Him lift you out of that situation? Will you let Him change that grave into a garden? Or will you, will you just lay in there? I'm hoping that everyone will, will allow him to lift you up and make that garden in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just, I just thank you for every, every life in this room. I pray, Lord God, for anyone that during this message, if they, they don't know Jesus as their Savior, that they would make him their Savior this morning. I pray, Lord God, that those that have made him their Savior, but have, that their faith has died, I pray that it would be resurrected this morning. 
I pray, Lord God, those that have gone away from God, that they would come back to you, that they would hear the voice of the good shepherd, and they would, they would hear you calling them back to the good green pastures. I, pre, I, 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 I prophesy peace to your soul in this house. I, pre, I, I pray peace to your minds. I pray healing to your mind right now in Jesus' name. Let the Lord lead you to those still waters where there's peace. When God speaks, He's not trying to make sense in your head. He wants to make faith in your heart. When God speaks, He's not trying to make sense in your head. You can't figure this out. You can only respond. You can only allow it to make faith. I pray, Lord God, that faith would begin to arise in this house this morning. I pray that faith would begin to rise in this house this morning. Will you guys stand with me? Will you guys get on your feet? And as we let the worship, we can play uh, Surrender. So I know, I know if, if we can, if it's possible. And so as this song goes, let, let God begin to water that seed, which is that place. And let that thing begin to germinate and let that be a fuel and fertilizer for God to do more than ever before. And I, I want to tell you one more thing before I shut up. <laughs> that very place where there is death and there's pain, if you allow God, He will make that one of the biggest areas of your ministry. Tabitha forever will be known, not only as a disciple, but that one that was resurrected. That, that Shunammite woman not only has a testimony of God's faithfulness, but so does her son. Jesus not only went to, oh, oh, I almost forgot. <laughs> when Jesus went to the grave, he went to hell, and he got the victory for you, so you can rejoice. You can rejoice. He got the victory for you. All you got to do is receive it in Jesus' name. So we're going to let them play and let them serenade us and let that grow into you tonight.
so much for joining us. Uh, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we, we'd love to connect with you and hear from you. Uh, if you recommitted your life today, we would love to hear that. If you were touched in a significant way, uh, we would love to hear that testimony. It would help to uh, walk with you, help you to grow, help you to grow in community with the Lord and grow in, in building what God is doing in your life. So God bless you and have a wonderful Mother's Day and happy Sunday. God bless you. Bye.